Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I want to play a game. You have been hypercritical of the films that you review. This Halloween, you will be forced to sit through all seven Saw films. Let's see if you can make it through these new metal filled films alive. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from the Moon's Dead World on that, and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. I think I like how when we get into conversations like that, just, you know, we, we are always watching videos and stuff, and we don't really have a chance to just kind of tone it down a notch and just ask each other how our days have been, so it's nice when you do that. Well, we could, but we're too busy, uh texting about random other shit that's true it's not that's like true. it's not how's your day going and then yeah. get into the, it's like i can't fucking believe this. you never right. ask how work goes for me well because i already know the answer yeah. shitty <laughs> no just kidding work <laughs> <laughs> well uh, not well no because um to be fair jobs are and work is not meant to be fun that's true something supposed to be going there and be like i'm having a blast if you're having fun at work, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's... Or or you're doing things you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Stop going on Facebook. Actually, you wouldn't be having fun with that. No. It's depressing. We're not going to get into that here. <laughs> but um, We're back today with, continu- epi- with episode... 39. Um, wow, we're almost at the 40 mark. That's right. Um, we are continuing our Halloween series. Which uh, is not on Halloween. Well, no, it's not on Halloween because we have to work in advance. It's kind of like those, like those people who say, "Yeah, I'm going to make a Christmas album," and they start in like June or July because it's got to be out for Christmas. You can't be working on it during Christmas. And or you're Michael Bublé, and that's all you do all year long. Yeah. So we, you know, we can't be working on the Halloween series, you know, during Halloween, or else it'll never get done. We'll have to use it for next year. Well, I meant more on the fact that we're not, I mean, we're, we're doing... not even into October yet. No, I meant. Oh, that you we... mean that we're not even doing Halloween. Yeah. Or series. Yeah. Well, that's your fault. You suggested <laughs> the Saw series. You said, hey, we should do all seven Saw films. I said, that's a great idea. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that for our Halloween series. Well, because if we just did Halloween, then that'd be too, uh. It's too obvious. Yeah. I call it the Halloween series Halloween. It's too obvious. You can't do that. So we got to do something else. We got to do saw, which I mean. And to be fair, if you, if I mean, I think down the line we'll eventually cover some of the Halloween films. Yeah, but most I mean, likely. but at the same time, like, well, it's hard to come up with things to say about it that hasn't already been said. So, what, what do well, you do? To, with well, it? well, to say to me, I like if we had to choose, like, I wouldn't like even want to do the whole series because again, like, I would love to share my thoughts on the original Halloween. But again, as you said, it's been covered so much no one cares what you have to say about yeah, it yeah because everybody I, else has already said cause it because it's, it's probably the same yeah, yeah the same thing so if like for me i'd be like let's do halloween 2 halloween 3 halloween 6 for the novelty and then probably the remake well you might as well do halloween 4 and 5 because it doesn't get a whole lot of love 
there's nothing noteworthy. I mean, I say Halloween. There is a lot noteworthy in it. I, I loved say, four and five. I say I used to watch I, it all the time. I say six just because Paul Rudd's in it. Yeah, and that's you know. I used it, to watch four and five all the time. I still remember the the scenes where they cut it out in the AMC versions of it, where like she's taking her top off in the barn. I was like, "Come on, AMC! Come on! <laughs> come on!" But you're trying to come on. That's right. That's right. It's like I need my fodder. <laughs> but that was pre-internet days, where I wouldn't didn't have anything to, you know, I didn't have a phone in the bathroom with me. <laughs> They make it easy for these kids these days. You don't have to work for your porn. You don't see it on AMC, you just go look it up. (laughs) Well, I'll look it up then. You censored it on TV, I'll go look it up on my phone. So... But yeah, like if I like if we had to do the Halloween series, I mean I would limit it like kind of like basically like that, like Halloween two, because that's my second favorite Halloween film and I still think it's great. I love that film. And I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights in uh, Orlando for at Universal Studios. They're doing Halloween two. Specifically Halloween 2. Nice. So that's going to be really fun, because I'm anticipating, like, a hospital scene, you know. Yeah, that, no, like, I, like to me, like... I, it, I like that they're doing, like... It's one of the... Part- oh, no, just, we're not going to do randomly, like, Michael Myers stuff, or we're not going to do, you know, the first film. We're going to do, specifically, Halloween 2, in, I'm thinking, the hospital setting. Which I think Halloween, I think Halloween two is very vastly underrated. I think it's a great sequel. I love Halloween two. I think it's like so the per- it's a perfect sequel. Picks right up after. I mean, it does follow more traditional slasher tropes, but I think it's still you know. And um, actually, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Halloween, but I will talk about this a little bit. My friend Michael Tatlock, who runs from the Mind of Tatlock, a blog that you should really check out from the Mind of or it's mindoftatlock.com. Um, he just did a Halloween quiz for all of the films in the Halloween series. And one of the questions was, how many times does Loomis shoot Michael Myers? And the answer is six in the first film. Mm-hmm. In Halloween 2, there's a continuity error where, in the beginning, there's seven shots fired. And he, then Loomis says, I shot him six times. It's a continuity error. It's notable mm-hmm. in Halloween 2 that they really fucked that one up. Like, they, they, they fucked that up going in. But, some guy on Reddit... Why wouldn't you just reuse the same... Yeah, you would think, right? You would think they'd just reuse that clip. Why go to the trouble of, you know, reshooting and... Or, like, the only thing I could think of is some problem with the audio where they couldn't port it over. Like, they did use the same shots for the most part, but something to do with the audio was like, no, we have to redub that part of the film. So they did seven shots on accident, and then that became the... But a revolver. Yeah, I mean, you, it's think, just a, you, you, know, you it's think just a like one, yeah, you know. <laughs> But some guy on the on Reddit, because I posted the, uh, that quiz on Reddit, and some guy was trying to argue that he was so mad because in the quiz they said six shots, and he knew Halloween so well that he knew it was seven. And I said, "How do you count seven shots?" Because the the question specifically asked about the first film. Yeah. It's specific to the first film, and so he says, uh, "I counted on my fingers." Oh, you don't have any fingers? Then use your little toesies. <laughs> count on your. And then he posted a video, and he's like, "Watch this video. Count on your little piggies." The seven <laughs> shots fired. I the the funny thing, like I did have to look it up because I couldn't remember. I haven't seen Halloween two in forever. I was like, I'm pretty sure there are six, but I got to look it up. So I did look it up. And made sure that I was correct before I posted. But then the funny thing, I don't even care that he's arguing, you know, there were six versus seven. The funny thing is he posted the video and said, count on your fingers. There are seven shots in this video. The video was from the first film. So there were six shots in it. I was like, 
That video has six shots in it. I know what you're talking about, but you didn't even post the right video. <laughs> so I made him look like a total asshole because he was being a super, super big prick on the internet because he that's was anonymous great, and let's say that's you could do that. Let's say that's the great thing about the internet. Like, who can, in the grand scheme of things, like, who, who cares? But then he, I, then he deleted the, the then the he post. deleted the comment thread, so you couldn't see it. But still, that it was gratifying. I will say that like, you posted a video with six shots in it. <laughs> you couldn't be more wrong. I don't even care that he was wrong about Halloween one versus two. I mean, that happens. Sure, yeah, you you mixed up six and seven shots because one does have it. But you posted the wrong video as your evidence. That's just I don't know. But we're. We're way off topic here, so... Cue yeah, the internet series business. You'd rather talk about Halloween than Saw 2, I think. Yeah, pro- yeah I would. Because that's what we're on for episode 39, yeah. is Saw 2. We're continuing our Saw series and, and uh, moving forward. And this time we got we got the Donnie Wahlberg in. All it needed, because we got a low-rent Wahlberg, you just need a low-rent Baldwin, so where's Steven? Surprising, right? Surprising that... You know, no one, no one thought to cast them both in one. I think probably like that would be great. I would watch I think that. I would the entire movie would implode. Like all the plot would implode. I because you can't have like because already Donnie Wahlberg stretched to like his most his maximum Wahlberg in this film. So like if you then had like a a low rent Baldwin in here like doing a Baldwin thing, could you imagine what that would be? like? No one would know. They're like, so what's the game again? I don't really know, because all I can focus on is this Baldwin and this Wahlberg going back at it. Well, that would be why I'd watch it, because it'd be like, oh, God, it's like, oh. You you could tell, like, probably Mark and Alex would be sitting there, like, going like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) Like, Mark would probably be like, oh, God, what's going, like, oh, God. Oh, God. And then you'd have Alec on, you know, he'd be the one, like, fucking, you're you're fucking 30. I'm going to be in 30 rocks soon, and you're fucking it up for me. Yeah, that was pre like airplane flip out for Alec Baldwin, so and calling his child a fat spoiled pig. <laughs> so that would be like the uh beginning stages of that you know, that blow up. If if uh It's amazing that he was doing that on thirty rock too, because he had a pretty nice gig on thirty rock, you know, just mm. being Yeah, all you gotta do is like be yourself. Just be Tina Face foil, you yep. and just don't fuck it up by doing things like that in public. That's all you gotta do. You'd think it'd be Tracy Morgan fucking it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But yeah, no, I, I I do think like if it had Stephen Baldwin there, it'd be like it'd be great. Just like it, like the whole. Con- I think at this time, like Stephen Baldwin was already um, he was taken because he was doing something like Celebrity Mole or something like that. <laughs> Because this <laughs> Biodome Two is getting off. The- <laughs> yeah, where he was like, you know, he was he was busy doing one of those like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, or something like that. You know, the low rent version of Survivor, the surreal life. Yeah, something like that. Like, someone called him up, and and really, I mean, for a, f- a franchise like this, would be one that he'd want to be in, like Saw franchise. You want to get in it because anything can especially, happen. Just right off the, you know, yeah, right off the ground, right off the ground like that. So I can just imagine like someone calling up. Uh, Stephen Baldwin's agent and being like, hey, we got an opening on uh, Saw 2. You know, Saw 1 did really well. We're not looking for, like, huge stars in this one because we want 
audiences to feel comfortable with them getting ripped to shreds. So I think I think Stephen Baldwin would be very good at getting ripped to shreds, and people would really enjoy that. (laughs) And so then you know Stephen Baldwin's agent is like, you know, he probably would really like that, and audiences probably would really like to see his head get shot off or something. But you know, he's busy doing. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here right now. <laughs> it's a pretty high profile gig. So he's on Steven Seagal's bounty hunter show. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to do it. <laughs> and, then the, and then the producer's like, "All right, get Donnie." <laughs> Stephen Baldwin was the first go to instead of Donnie. Now Donnie really couldn't do Saw. I can't. I don't think he. You know, even if he survived, I don't think he could come back for the new Saw because he's too busy showing up on the New Year's Eve show. It's like, I'm sorry, I gotta get prepared for my kiss with uh, Jenny McCarthy on the New Year's Eve show. Donnie, that's like six months away, man. You'll have plenty of time. No, no, no. No, that's, I'm looking forward to it. That's his work now. And and Wahlburgers. (laughs) He doesn't have time for another Saw film. All right. Should we take a break and talk about our beer first? We haven't even really talked about the film, but that's okay, because... Well, we got a lot to talk about we, when we get to the... Or maybe we don't. I don't know. That's up to you. It's because just going to end. Yeah, you're the one that, you're the one that was like, oh, I'm not going to have much to say about this one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that... I don't know how that can happen. There's a lot to talk about, which we'll get into in just a second. But right now, we're going to talk about our, our alcohol, mm-hmm. our beers, the thing that makes this... Black Rum podcast. We already talked, you know, Saw 2 is definitely putting the blood in. And not only that, but Jigsaw even says, there will be blood. And as I told you, I'm like, why are you going to reference much better film? Yeah. Probably the best film of the decade. Oh, yes. There will be blood. Have you seen There Will Be Blood? Mm-mm. I'm going to have to lend no, you, my, not. Lend you my DVD. Yeah? No, I don't want your DVD. Watch it on Blu-ray. <laughs> You're getting the DVD. No! It's a special edition. It's a, it's a special edition, too. I don't know. Oh, special edition. Yeah. So you mean there's, like, two special features on it because DVD can't hold that much? You get, you get, <laughs> you get, you get to see Daniel Day-Lewis uh, in his method acting, pretending, you know, building up to the role, him living out in the middle of, like, Texas, pretending he's a frontiersman hunting for oil. I could see him being a frontiersman very, very easily. The man's a great actor. <laughs> Alright, what are we drinking tonight? Well... I'll uh, let you... Yeah, I'll let you tell it, because you're the one that bought it. Um, I bought, because now that fall has kicked off, mm-hmm. and it's starting to, around here... It's getting a bit nipply out there. Getting chilly. It's out of nowhere, just, you know, like Yeah, that. it was like 80, and then it was like, hey, here's 32 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, not not a swift transition. It just kind of comes. Um, but seeing as we were we have complained before on the podcast that brewers like to release their Oktoberfest in the middle of August when it's still around here in upstate New York, fucking eighty degrees out, and we both Oktoberfest is both our favorite styles of beer. Um, it's always disappointing to us because in that kind of heat and weather, you you want something. More palatable. F- yeah, more refreshing, like a yeah. light IPA or a shandy. So, it's, you know, it's disappointing because, you know, as soon as it turns like how it is right now, as soon as October rolls around, you want that Oktoberfest? Too bad! Winter loggers are out. Yeah. 
I I I will say, it's uh, September twenty seventh. I have yet to see a winter lager on the shelves. Have you? I have seen a Woodchuck's winter cider. Was it old though? Was it like a leftover pack? Or was it that would be fresh bad. to this year? That would I it was in a case, but that would have to be bad by now. Well, yeah, but that doesn't stop anybody from putting it out. We've I've we've seen you would give like food point because that's hard. That's not like like beer where it's like okay to, if it's like a little expired. Would you get food poisoning from, from hard cider? Yes. I that, don't know. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, no. That's I just drink, imagine. I drink it. Just imagine drinking like sour. Like it's not like when you buy apple cider in a half gallon that's got a long shelf life. It doesn't. You have to. You would get sick. I don't know you would about get, that. You would get the runs pretty good. Yeah, you might get the runs, or you're going to get the runs even if you drink a whole lot of hard cider. Well, that's why I don't really buy hard cider that much, because I don't want to be shitting my brains out. Even though I like it, but... Yeah. I don't know. I I'm trying I to look it up. I imagine year-old cider... It's not going to be hard cider. It's not going to do you too good. I mean, because it's hard, it might have a longer shelf life, but it's not going to be. I'm thinking that you're. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. Not, I'm not. I, I'm not a hard cider aficionado, so I don't know. But I'm thinking that you can let that shit ferment for as. I mean, you would think it's the same thing with like wine. Wine is just fermented grapes. So you would think yes, they would go bad, and you. You would, you know, expiration and stuff like that. You get food poisoning, but they don't. You can let wines sit and age for years. So, I gotta, I gotta call bullshit on that. I don't think you'll get food poisoning. Well, I mean, I we'll have I, to try it. I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. But I'm not an expert. I don't know. No, I, would, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't I, do I, it I'm regardless. Great. I'm the I, man I, that sees mold on my bread and I throw it away. That is true. That was a very I, weird scenario. I wouldn't there like was a eat. small piece of mold on your hamburger bun and you threw the whole thing out. So <laughs> that was. <laughs> I can't say I've ever seen anybody do that before. So um, yeah, throw out a perfectly good hamburger because there was a couple pieces of mold on the. I bread. didn't throw the burger. I yeah. threw the bread out. I'd rather, I'd rather just go to the store and spend another dollar ninety nine on a package of fresh. <laughs> Fresh buns instead of, you know, like, oh, I'm going to pick around the mold. No, thank you. <laughs> Regardless, we have not talked about what we actually have tonight. But anywho, yeah. <laughs> because it's um in the fall season now, it's starting to get nipply and mm-hmm. definitely feeling that Oktoberfest crave. I got us a new Oktoberfest that we haven't tried before. Right. And it's from Victory. And Victory, we don't drink a whole lot of, to be honest with you. I've only expensive. had a few. Yeah, this it's is expensive for our area. This is the only one I've ever actually had because I, I think I've maybe had a couple that I just like sampled, but I don't think I've ever had any that I bought. I know I haven't bought any because I like I said I know they're a great brewer. I like I've seen like their you know the reviews of their stuff and mm-hmm. you know they're considered really good. Um, but it's like it's like with ball it's like they, their price points like ballast point where it's like almost thirteen bucks a six pack and I think it has to do with our location too. I mean, I think it has to do with being able to get it to us. Well, they do have, they do have, like, I mean, I've seen the Hop Devil everywhere. Yeah. Which is, that's true. Their IPA, but I, I mean, it's only, it is only in Pennsylvania, so it's kind of strange that you would, that, yeah, it's, it's not like it's from California where we're importing it and mm-hmm. obviously, like, 
import prices from across the country are going to be more expensive, it's only from Pennsylvania. So we could hop in a car, drive okay. six mile, six hours away, and be in Pennsylvania. Yeah, easily get it. So that is, yeah, I will say that it's kind of expensive for around here for whatever reason. Don't know why. Because this was like twelve bucks for a six pack. Yeah. So for around here, that's pretty expensive for yeah. a six pack. So, like I said, it's like a ballast point because usually like a pretty good craft beer six packs like ten ninety nine. Oh yeah, and this is you know twelve ninety nine. So yep. But I got their um, their fest beer, which is their Oktoberfest uh, amber lager. Amber yep. lager. I don't know why they just didn't say just Oktoberfest Marzen style, but yeah. Um, it's good. I like it. Um. I don't know if I'd ever get it again, though, because, I mean, it's good, but it's it's very sweet. It is on the sweeter side of an Oktoberfest. Probably the sweetest that I've ever had. I know, I agree. Like, it's it's got that, it does, like, have, like, a Ameri- more of American style, like, a very multi, yeah. you know, multi-body yep. and taste to it. But, like, the malts in it are, ve- like, are very sweet. Like, it's, like, almost like, sh- like... Like candy sugar, like that's not that sweet, but like yeah, it does come across as like you're drinking something much more pronounced in its sweetness. Yeah, I I agree, and that was something that we we both hit on like really quickly when we tried it. It is very sweet. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a little off putting to some people who are more used to not. Not not even I mean I wouldn't even say bitter for Oktoberfest, but just not as sweet as this one is. They're just very much way milder on the sweetness scale than what this one has. Like usually in like Oktoberfest, you do get like a slight like you get the maltiness and the graininess of the beer, but like a very mild sweetness from the malts. But this one like that's it's very pronounced in the front and yeah. And the the bottle even talks about a little bit of hops balance to it, but I don't really taste the hops I, that I much get, at all. I know I don't get any. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, and I wouldn't say this, this fest beer is bad by any means. Um, I just think that it's really going to depend on the drinker, too. Like, do you like sweeter beers? Because then you may like this Oktoberfest more than a de- other Oktoberfest that doesn't really have that sweetness to it. But for me, I know that I'm not a huge fan of sweet. I'm more of a, like, a savory and a hoppy sort of person. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it is a little too sweet for me. Too, too, just a little bit. Uh, the other thing that we've got t- to try for tonight is uh, I actually picked up the Sam Adams Fall Pack, which uh, has some pretty intriguing beers in it that I think that they, they haven't really done a whole lot of. Um, so uh, I got that one because, for one thing, I had a coupon for it. So, <laughs> I didn't know they had goop- coupons it's, for uh, it's It's an app called Bev Rage, and um, the app just has these... It, it it has specific beers that you buy, and when you buy it, you take a picture of your receipt, and you send it to them, and they will just PayPal you the rebate. So it's actually really good. I it, I had $3 off a Sam Adams 12-pack. Rebate's annoying me, because it's just like, just give me the fucking discount, like, to begin with. Well, the thing is that it's not through the store. It's through BevRage, and I'm sure Sam Adams does the pays BevRage. No, I know, the, no, I know, I, mean? I know that, but like, it, it's like when you like, yeah, like when you like buy like a new phone or something, like, hey, like when you get the phone, like, yeah. you know, call. mail in for the rebate, and it's like, just give me the fucking, 
most count, you know, don't like because because I because I know what they're doing. They're betting on most people will be like me and too, just not do it. Yeah, yeah. To be too lazy to do you're that. You're like drawn in by it by like, oh yeah, there's a rebate on it, and then you're like, Ugh. I don't fucking mm. feel like yeah, Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> that's a stamp. I don't have any at home. I gotta go to the post office. Nah, nah. You gotta, gotta, gotta get a book of stamps. Yeah, you know, stamps aren't cheap. No. Yeah, no, I hear you, but the beverage actually makes it really easy to do your. I'm I'm not even promoting beverage; they're not paying me for this or anything. <laughs> I just want to say that right now. But they make it really easy to get your rebate because you just take a picture of your receipt and you send it to them, and like within, I think probably within like 15 minutes, I had confirmation. Like, yep, all right, you get your three dollars, and then like the next day or two days later, they PayPal it to you. And there's no minimum. There's, I mean, maybe like a dollar or something, dollar minimum, and they PayPal it to you. Um, they also have, a lot of the time, they have just like dollar fifty off a draft at a bar. So you get a dollar fifty off. Is a draft. it like, like does it uh, have to be like like bars that? Um, no, you just got to make sure that it's in your state. I think they they go by state, so it's like you know certain states with more strict alcohol laws. Uh, are probably not included in this. So you, they do list like the states. But for the most part, yeah, it's, it's at pretty much every bar that you go to. You just take a picture. As long as you have a, um, like a itemized receipt that says like, oh, they, yep, they, you, they, you bought a the, beer here and this, it was $6. And, and it was that know. type of beer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it doesn't even matter. Like for the one, say the one that I used, I went to Ruby Tuesday and I got a beer there. And I just got a Sam Adams Rebel IPA. Um, they any it just says any beer any domestic beer on draft dollar fifty off. It would just say probably and then, like domestic craft or whatever. Yeah, it just says domestic draft. It doesn't even say mm. like it's got to be craft or it's got to be bud mm. or whatever. Uh, then they have another one that's like any international beer dollar fifty off. So mm. yeah, so you you can only use two within like two days or something like that. Within forty eight hours, you can use two of those dollar fifty off. But you know. It's, it's not a bad good. deal. No, I it's mean, really good. It's especially if you like live in the city where you know bars mm-hmm. aren't. You're not getting five dollar drafts. You're getting right eight dollar drafts or nine dollar drafts. It's it. You're going to save money, and it's not only on beer. It's on like wine, liquors. Uh, so check maybe, it out. Maybe that's how I'll have to try uh, Johnny Walker Blue. I'll just save yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, save up enough coupons and say like, all right, go. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try a, you know try a shot of Johnny Blue. Yep. So, check out Beverage. It's pretty cool. But anyway, uh, long story short, I picked up the Sam's 12-pack, and I haven't tried anything out of that yet, although I've had Oktoberfest and Boston Lager. But um, the only thing that I did try out of it that was new that I've never had before was the Bonfire Blonde. And um, that's a blonde-style beer that is uh, smoked to give it the Bonfire uh, part of the name. Uh, so it's a smoky, sort of light beer. Uh, heavy on the smoke, though. Which I love. You like that a lot? I love it. It's, it ta- I'm not, I'm it not tastes a, like I'm drinking a campfire. I'm not a huge, huge fan of smoke, but I did like the beer. Um, and the blonde style goes well with that smoke, because you don't want to be overpowered by like another flavor. Well, you, well, the beer itself, you don't really get that much taste yeah. or malt. Or, you can tell it's a blonde but just by like the kind of light sweetness to it that you would expect from like a blonde lager um but it's incredibly sm- it's like my whole mouth just yeah. i just taste is smoke it's, it's um, it, similar to that uh what is, 
smells like. Like, I mean, like, I can just, I feel like if I was just outside at your house right now, we were having a bonfire. Yeah, you were like. I, I can just, like, smell my sweater when I get home, and it smells. That's what it smells like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it tastes like. And I like that a lot. I can tell it's overpowered. I mean, great. I wouldn't. I would never probably want like a twelve or even a six pack. Of those. Right, right, yeah. Because it would be like you know, be too much. You would be way too much. Yeah. But and like in the spirit of fall, I I like this a lot. Yeah, I I like I just like that smokiness to it. I think that's uh, really really unique, something different, and I like I think it contributes you know to the, like the feeling of fall very well. I like it a lot. But like I said, I I it's something though I would never yeah. want in. <laughs> More I would than, have, more than two. I've had this more than probably one. Well, at a time. I mean, I'm at I mean, like, like two in a pack. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. I imagine, like, once I'm done with this, I'm gonna be like, I'm, I've had my fill. Yeah. It's kind of like with um, Habanero Sculpin from Battle. Oh, oh God, yeah. It's yeah. like I can appreciate what they're doing, and it's good. Like, I still have that one from that six pack sitting in my room. So, I'm like, I'm gonna drink you one of these days <laughs> when I feel like yeah. I'm in the mood for a. You know, very spicy beer. <laughs> but yeah, I get that. I get that. In the interest of time, I'm going to sh- cut this off now so that we can get into uh, some Saw 2 talk. But uh, yeah, definitely check out the two beers that we, we specifically mentioned and check out Beverage as well because you your wallet will be happy when you do a lot of drinking. And I, th- like, and I think Sam's... Uh... Sam's always has a pretty good fall pack. They always yeah. put something, which is always, which is sad too, because they usually put like some new, something new in there. It's like, oh, that's great, and then it's gone. Yeah. After that, after that, see, like um, the rock back that they had like a year yeah, or two the, ago, yeah. that was really good. That that only lasted like for a season before they got rid of that. Yep. So, so all right, let's get into soft two. I know you're ripping raring to go on. Yeah. Now, now I'm all fired up. So, um. With Saw, you know, we know it released in 2004. Uh, Saw 2 came out right after that, 2005, right at the end of October, right before Halloween. Because that was the start of the Saw Halloween legacy for Halloween. It was like, every year for Halloween, you're getting a new one. Well, my question to you is this. It doesn't necessarily pertain to Saw, but how come they don't release more horror films during October? You would think it would be a big time. Uh, like, as you said, you just went to see the remake of the Blair Witch Project. Yep. Which I guess you said is, I haven't seen it, which you said is technically a sequel. Yeah, it's technically it, a sequel. So it's like one of those, like, falls in the Terminator Genesis. Like, it's like a C-make. A remake, sequel, yeah. reboot, bullshit, so. But you, you'd think, perfect time to do horror films is during October. Like The Conjuring 2. Like, I loved what I saw that. I loved it. I actually thought it was a really good film. Why didn't you release that during October? Yeah. And, you know, there, there are some that have come out. Like, um, I know Ouija uh, is coming out. The new Ouija Origins yeah, yeah, of Evil that, is yeah. coming out um, this October. That's a sequel no one was asking for. No one wants. So, to put that in October for around Halloween is like to just basically... You know, it, you're hoping that horror fans will be like, "Oh, it's it's almost Halloween. Let's just go see a horror movie." You know what I mean? Because I mean, I gotta understand. Like, if you're doing like, as you said, like Krampus, do that. Yeah, release November, that. Yeah, yeah, like re- release that around Christmas, or like if like doing another like if for whatever reason they feel like doing another fucking My Bloody Valentine, do that around. Yeah, you know, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but 
I don't know. And I, I mean, there are some. Paranormal Activity being another one that was like a Halloween legacy. You're going to get another one every Halloween, whether you want it or not. Did those come out around Halloween? Yeah, around, they came out around Halloween. That was like uh, taking over after Saw, really. Um, so you have those that, that like perpetually come out around Halloween. But yeah, there you when you look at the release schedules, there aren't a whole lot that are coming out for Halloween. I mean, really you, when you think about it, too, like, why would you, like, um, I know there's a few, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's a few horror films they released during the summer, and it's like, why? Yeah, that's, like, that, out of their it's a little, Well, it's not only that, it's like, that's the death spot. Like, you're going up against, like, fucking Marvel. Yeah. Why would you, like, Civil War II's coming out, let's release, you know, like, sneak, you know. Yeah, that's like like if you're like the head of that studio, you should be fired. Right. Like you're like you're literally sabotaging your film. The thing with that is that, I and because I, I was yeah. saying because like the Conjuring, when I saw the Conjuring two, they came out like right around the time of like Batman v Superman, and there must be some. And uh, and, and I know the Conjuring had like a big enough following, but at the same time, it's and. It, Correct me if I'm wrong. I I remember going to that film around the time of like Batman v Superman, and or maybe a little after Civil War or something like I that. I think you saw it though when it was really late in its uh, release. But even still, like yeah. it, it's like, like that's just that's just bad plan. Like like at, like when this year when Star Wars Rogue One comes out during around Christmas, no film within those like first three weeks should even bother coming out. Cause you want to know why? That's gonna fucking kill at the box office. Yeah. Everyone's. I'm going to go see. Everyone's going to go see a new Star Wars film. Don't even bother. It's like it's just pure. It's suicide. I mean, so, so like, I, don't even bother. Like, like, just push your like push the film back to like like when you know like you could probably turn a better profit. Well, I don't want to get too far into this, but I can see that. I, I'm sh- I'm assuming that most production companies and and distributors they have a a certain like report and it's like yeah your film does well this type of film does well at this time and so they're banking on that but they're also taking risks like uh don't breathe was just released like at the end of the uh the august i think uh, the month of august it was released which is a horror film directed by the same by Fede Alvarez who did uh uh the evil dead same same guy um so i think at the same time they're banking on like maybe we can sneak in at the summer blockbuster the end of the summer well, no, blockbuster no, no, and take that, a risk you that know makes I mean? sense like at yeah. the end but i'm saying like if you know during like july or like june you're running up against like Transformers, a Marvel f- fucking film, and whatnot, or a mi- you know like another fucking Mission Impossible. Mm. Just don't even bother. Just and because because, two, because, no. because like I said, because it's like even if those films suck, it's like you know, like you're you're already there's yeah. only so like like there's only so many films people are gonna go see. No one's gonna go. Yeah, but you also have to think, and like I said. We're running long here, so I don't want to go in too much. But you also have to think that, like, release dates a lot of the times are announced way in advance. And sometimes it's very difficult to change those release dates. So say, like, Rogue One didn't really get... Was still, like, pending for its release date. But you've got this this uh, other horror film, or whatever film, that's cemented for that date. And they've already announced it. And they're like, they've already got their trailers out. 
they're already like, yeah, we're going to be running the Thanksgiving weekend or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Rogue One announces, yeah, we're going to be running that same time. Shit. You know, the company, yeah, is probably going to be like, fuck. I'd move it. Just, it's yeah, not, but at I the same time, I know, you I'd... risk being like, like what the Amityville, the new Amityville movie has done is that it keeps getting pushed back. And I still see movie uh, theater trailers for that film that say 2015 in it. So you, you risk that though. You risk like, oh, we've already well, done all the promotion and now we got to move it back. And now, and maybe our promotions are saying the wrong date on it. You, you risk that. So I think that there's probably a lot more, you know, and I'm not a movie producer or anything, so I don't have that, any knowledge of the business, but I'm assuming that there's more fiscal, uh, well, the whole idea, you know, they don't, they, the whole, their whole thing is they just care about the profit. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, if you're a producer, that's what you, you care about. That's basically, and, I've, and I've, that's, and that's, well, I, like, if I was a producer and I saw like, okay, we're going to release this and then say like, they announced a new Star Wars, I'm like, shit, we're going to move this back three weeks. Yeah. Even if you have like all right. that, like all that buildup, just it's like that, I, that franchise is going to kill our business, whether people are already interested in your film or not. It's like that film alone. You already know. It's like, well, it's just the way it is. You would think, especially, would especially think. seeing as like a horror film. Horror films, for the most part, are rated. Yeah, R-rated films have a hard enough time getting. You know, they don't. R-rated films don't make big money because you're already cutting your audience down to seventeen and up. So that's why they all, you know, most, you know, films try to strive for at least a PG-13. Yeah. That way you can, you know, try to get back the most money possible. But but. you want to know what did fairly well at the box office? Saw (laughs) 2, which we got to get into. So I'm trying to do a bridge there. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Well, for its budget, too, it did fucking great. Did great. Um, So Saw 2 is really, like, we talked about Halloween 2 a little bit. Saw 2 is sort of a direct sequel to Saw 1, except we don't really know specifically how much time has passed from that first film to the second one. But enough time where the bodies from the first film have decayed significantly. Yeah. So we can imagine it's got to have been a while. Yeah, like months. Which does not bode well for the police officers who should have been working like nonstop trying to figure out like, well, who is Jigsaw? You know, dropping all, <laughs> dropping like uh, every, we got like, a serial oh. killer here who just keeps killing people and playing games with them. It's pretty fucked up. He's in this area somewhere. We got to find him. But it's been you know months since they've figured out who who it is. <laughs> They're too busy, you know, too busy worrying about that drug ends. Yeah, doesn't doesn't bode well. And in fact, in the fact too that like everyone like it, it from what like you said, well, you can guess that it's been a couple months. Since the first film. And Jigsaw's been doing this. And there's still people who don't even know. Like, what the fuck? Like, who's this? Yeah. It, yeah, I would say it's gotta <laughs> been... It's gotta been at least a little while because the beginning of Saw 2 has another trap that Jigsaw has done. Which you can imagine is, if he's been doing this continuously, he's been playing regular games. Besides the new, more intricate game that he plays in Saw 2. So, there has been bound to be more clues than what we get just in that first trap that we see in the film. That, that or the, the these cops are incompetent. Yeah. Fuck. They're terrible. <laughs> they're not doing their job very well. 
like I said, in one of the scenes, there's just a, a shot of, like, the two cops in um, Jigsaw's factory. They're standing over, like, a computer, a laptop, like a police laptop. And it basically looks like they're just staring at it like a screensaver. Like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah. It's a pretty nice screensaver yeah. you got there. Go, you got the spirals? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have the pipes at my house. You know, yeah, I like the 3D <laughs> pipes. Those are oh, really? those I, are fun. I have the 3D text, actually. I have. I say, like, cocksucker, <laughs> and it just flies over. <laughs> I always liked seeing the bouncing square to see if it would ever match up with the corners perfectly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. But, yeah, so not, very, not, not a great police force. And you can imagine it's really not very great at all because they've got Donnie Wahlberg on there as I know, uh, if, if Eric Dan, Matthews. If Danny Glover couldn't do it. Then how is Donnie Wahlberg going to do it? I know. Well, Danny, Danny was too old for that shit. <laughs> so... And they got to get someone younger, like Johnny Wahlberg. It's been 10 years, and he's still like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> but, the re- I mean, I guess what we're supposed to imagine is that the police force is pretty terrible. Because Eric Matthews has apparently gotten away with framing at least six other pe- six people for crimes they did not commit. Maybe they had some sort... Some involvement in those crimes but not to the point where they would be thrown in jail because of them but it's but eric matthews being the corrupt cop that's trying to get people off the street that he is has framed all of them for whatever they've done so that police force must be terrible but at the same time you don't you don't know that though because they don't really they don't show anything but that's the that's the game the game I, I, for Jigsaw is like you. Been a sh- how how are we different? You are still a shitty mm. person who's trying to bring people down. That that do deserve it, but in unlawful ways. No, I I agree, but at the same time, the film doesn't show like anything of his like shady past. Like what what did he actually do? They really? just they just yeah. say they skim over it, and then the characters are like, "Your dad's an asshole. He put me in jail." It's like you deserved it for one thing. Because like, and they, they, they don't elaborate on any of the be- of the characters that are put <coughs> in the trap. So either way, it's like, do you, like you don't give a fuck about either side because like, well, you don't know. I mean, you have Jigsaw saying that he's dirty because he plants, he supposedly planted evidence. They don't show you any of that though. At the same time, all you get from the other characters is them just saying, "Yeah, I did time in jail." And that's it. They don't say like spe- really specifically say what they did, and yeah. that's it. And that's all you have to go off of. And that doesn't do anything for me. I mean, even I, well, and I do agree. I think what Donnie Wahlberg did in the past is true, but at the same time, it's like, what well, does it fucking matter? Because in the situation that they're putting in, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that his game it, it does matter. For but his yeah. game of Jigsaw, it matters. But not that much because it's well. That's just that's the reasoning that he's there in the first place. Like they, she, Jigsaw could have focused on the the female cop that is Eric Matthews' partner. Instead, mm-hmm. he focused on Eric because he's the one that has done the terrible things that he needs to repent for. So it's like, you know, it does matter. But then, then again, the film doesn't do a great job of giving its main, you know victims any sort of backstory besides they were in jail and now they're in a in a game involved with eric's son and 
that's going to make them all very angry that Eric's son, Daniel, is, you know, his, his, uh, his son, a son of a cop, really, that put them away. So, I mean... Which, if you think about it logically, too, it's like, why would... I wouldn't... Like, if I was put in that situation, we are given a certain amount of time to find an antidote so you can live... And yeah, you, you've got... I wouldn't be worrying about, like, you're his kid? Fuck! Like, it's like, you're... Oh, you're the kid of the guy who... Like, okay. Well, you're, this is like a... Your dad's an asshole, but, like... I mean, you could see what what they're doing with Saw 2. Like, Lee Wan Allen, Darren Lynn Bousman, uh, who also directs the film... They're creating like a Lord of the Rings situ or Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Flies situation for this film, where they are presenting like the the downfall of humanity, where you know people are put together and they'll do the most awful things to each other without working together. Really, they should be working together, but instead they're fighting against each other for no real reason besides survival of the fittest and. I mean, that's what they're doing with the film. But it doesn't work. But it, it may not work in general. I mean, because you've got people like Xavier who are, like, so stereotypical that it, it There's really, only one, it, it's really hard to believe that they would actually... Well, as I say, like, out of, out of, all, out of all the characters that are put into that trap in the house, only one of them is likable. Yeah. And it's the black guy. Yeah. He's, he's the only one that tries to bring them all together. He's like, the only one. Hey, that, maybe don't throw that lady into the the needles. This, yeah, the syringe, <laughs> you know, syringe pit. Or like, no, maybe you shouldn't do that. Let's try to figure out what's. Yeah. He because he's the only one. That's, he's like, okay, let's actually maybe like try to think and whatnot. And everyone else is, you know, he's the only likable one. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is unlikable. Amanda's unlike when she's back. She's because she's back because reasons. Spoilers. I'm not gonna say but spoilers. She, but she's back. Eleven year spoilers. But I mean, <laughs> she's back because of reasons. But at the same time, she's that bitch who's like, things are happening. Instead of explaining what's happening, she's doing the pronoun game. Like, he wants us to do this. Who's he? The guy who wants us to do this. And it's like, what? What's happening? It's a game. It's like it's not a game. No, it's game. And it's like just, just say what you need to say. No, like you're doing, like I said, the pronoun game. You're, you're, you're saying things in a specific manner to be elusive, and so you can keep them in the dark for no reason, just so it's for plot convenience. And that's fucking annoying. Well, there's a lot. I mean, of- I, granted, I'll give her credit because she does reveal. So, like with rather quickly when she says it's a game, like who's like this is a game for? She says jigsaw. Like okay, she let that out out of the you know yeah out pretty quick. It but just no one knew what it was. But at the same time, like know. like I said, she's like we gotta follow the rules, and it's like what rule? What are you, Jamie Kennedy and Scream? Like here's the rules for follow you know for surviving in a horror film. Yeah, it's it's that that it's, that just annoys me. I, it's it's the whole. Running away from the killer, and I trip and fall for no reason, and I, you know. Well, speaking of the the plot contrivances, there are a lot of them in, in this film. Um, one of which is that the big the big twist, and, and I will, you know, I'll put spoilers on this, but the film's 11 years old, so if you haven't seen it by now... I think if anything's then, past five years, you can... Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, is that a rule? Is that like a thing? That's how I feel. It's over <laughs> so five years old. I, well, I'll preface it with a spoiler, and really you should listen to these podcasts expecting spoilers, and probably you should have seen the film if you're watching, or if you're listening to it, but anyway, um, 
you know, the the film it pulls the rug out from under viewers because it's it's been hiding the fact that the camera feeds that Eric is watching for his son are really videotaped. So they've already happened like a long uh, time yeah. before. And they're just watching a, a videotape of what happened. And so Which I did not that I didn't pick up on. Like like you didn't know when you were watching, you were like, Oh, that's a videotape or something yeah. like that. You didn't really I think they they hide that pretty well. They hide it pretty well, but it's also like um I would say it's like squirrely. Because there are a I would say I don't know. It's it's hard to say because I, I feel like it's a little cheap. I do. Well, it is. It is. It's, it's pretty it, cheap. Because, it is cheap because because can... of the way they transition to the camera. Because they the editing technique they use is that they zoom into the camera and then it just kind of like oh now you're into the into the thing like mm. it's happening at the same time and and the film is it kind of runs parallel to the time frame that. They don't give anything really to no hint or I mean or even or even really show that it's you know that it's, no there's nothing you'll, like, you'll, there's no the, clues so literally the only hint is that Jigsaw tells Donnie Wahlberg all you have to do to win the game is to just sit here and talk to me yeah until the time runs out that's it. And yeah, that, and he, he basically yeah, I mean, he says something to that effect, it's and that's like, it, and that's the only hint he, like that's really dropped, for yeah, the, for that part at least, you know. So yeah, and and so like I don't think there's really there isn't really a way for you to guess that from the clues that you're given in the film, and I I, I do think that's a little bit of a, a cop out on Bousman's part because it there should be at least some sort of clue like oh. You know, this is definitely... And I think that maybe the only clue is that there's a couple clocks, maybe. I don't even know if there's a clock within the the uh, house itself where the game's taking place. But I know that there is in the, the in Jigsaw's yeah. factory. So, maybe that's a slight clue. But I really don't think that Bousman gives us very, the audience very much of a chance to even put that together. It's more so, like, very much... You, because you don't want to feel like the audience is not privy to the information. You know, I, I, I think that they should be given at least a chance to put it together. Well, as I said, a twist is only, a twist is only as good as the information that if they give you the information, but you're like blind to it. Right. So like, for example, why is the sixth sense? M. Night Shyamalan's like only good film. Mm-hmm. It's because the evidence was literally right there in front of you. Yeah, you're always you always have a chance to put that together. Really, and, you do. Yeah. You see him it's, talking to his wife, and he's never ever answered. So and, you're like, huh, that's strange. Like, yeah. you know, maybe she's just pissed. But you're always like, there's always a chance for you to be like, oh, maybe he is a ghost. And <clears> sorry, that, spoilers for that twenty year old film. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> so but like like so the opportunity like it's perfectly laid out to like yeah. where. Like, like, oh, I that, just, same thing with, like, like, the usual suspects going back. Like, like to me, it's, like, it's one of the greatest twists ever. And finding out Kevin Spacey, the crippled guy, is the, you know, Kaiser Soze, the master plan of it all. Everything is laid out perfectly in that film to where you could see where, like, he's bullshitting the cop the entire time. And it takes until the very end for like, the cop to realize that before it's too late. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's a great twist because, like, everything was there 
but like just the way it's surrounded and built and the way the story's told it kind of you know distracts you from that yeah so like if the information's there but the story at least kind of like distracts you like from like because you have like a say an unreliable narrator or just the way the story's structured it works perfectly but if yeah. like there's no real inkling or clue there of a twist and then the twist happens and yeah you, f- you feel like you got fucked yeah it's like well like how is i supposed to figure that out yeah i i mean i i do think that audiences should feel a little bit cheated that they weren't able to figure out that the this camera was just not because you think about a cctv camera it's almost always never videotaped. You always see it. There'd be a timestamp. Time. Yeah, there's a timestamp. There's not. You know, it's not just like here's the feed. So I think that's a little bit of a cheat. Um, I will say this, and after watching this film again, I do. I did realize that yes, I did see it in theaters because I talked about that in the last episode uh, in the in the review of Saw that I was like I'm not really sure if I saw Saw two in theaters, but I did. And I do remember being in theaters being like, well, I did not see that coming at all. You know, I really didn't know that. Um, But like you said, I mean, I think there's a reason for that. I think that's because we don't really get any sort of inclination that that is going to occur at all. Like, there's nothing to really... Though I do think the other twist, spoiler alert, and the fact that Amanda is Jigsaw's partner, you can see that one coming. Yeah, I will... Because because that makes sense. So, like, the whole reason, like, why is she in another fucking jigsaw trap? Right, yeah. She already survived. She already survived and gets another lease on life. Yeah. So the fact that she's there, the way she acts, she's always, like, acting really creepy off to the side, doing something, you know, strange. And then, you know, then when you find out that it's all been, you know, broadcast, then you see her when uh, Donnie Wahlberg enters the room from the first film... Um, and then he gets, you know, injected and knocked out because of it. It's like, that's Amanda. Right. You know, so I, I think that one you can, that one's definitely. You can tell that's, yeah, you can tell. And I'll admit that when I saw the film for the first time, I didn't really, I didn't really put it together, but watching it now and, you know, knowing that twist and stuff and seeing how Shawnee Smith plays out some of those scenes, kind of very like cringeworthy, like watching it again and it's like. One of the scenes where she's talking to Daniel pretty much for the first time, which is who's Eric's son, and she's talking about how she was put in prison and she didn't really do anything. She says, why don't you ask the cop that put me in prison? And Daniel very nearly says that his dad is a cop. The way she reacts to that is like, you can tell like she's waiting for him to say that so she can, you know, announce it or something like, Daniel's dad is the cop that put us all in there. And it's very like... After you know the twist, it's very much like obvious, and I I think maybe watching it now, if I was to go back for the first time and watch it now, uh, after seeing you know my experience with films, I would pick up on that. That it's very obvious that she has something to do with it. But I will say that I think it's smart that they included her within the game itself, and that they included her within a specific game, the game with the needles, because that is a I think. It's telling it, it. It even if people were kind of suspecting that she was in the game, that's going to throw them off because she was but included. It, and it's like, who would put themselves through that? But but at the same time, is she with the game like the trap with the needles? She doesn't do it because she wants to. She gets right. she gets fucking thrown in there. Right, but I'm saying so, like, so who would, so who would put themselves through that. Who would put them in a situation where they would even 
be at risk for something like that. Well, she's got to be the bait. See, that's a, here's another problem that uh, with the story is the whole whole idea of Jigsaw's plan to like lure Eric back to the original Saw room for him to lose and you know get punished and be, you know for his crimes hinges on the idea that Amanda has to save his son and that everyone else is going to fail. Mm-hmm. His whole plan hinges on the fact that everyone else that they've been grouped with has to fuck up and fail. Yep. Because if they don't, if they somehow are able to, you know, then his whole plan's gone to shit. Yeah, and... Which and- which would go back to the whole of being pre-recorded, which would, you know, be like, okay, if they somehow, you know, fine. But at the same time, you don't know that, so it's... His whole plan hinges on the fact that everyone else has to fail. Yeah, and it's pretty tough, too, because, like, with Amanda, she's a... She's not, like, a... a like a strong person, really. She's a heroin addict. She's kind of, you know, lanky and thin and not not strong. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, gaunt is a good word. So to put her in the same situation as Xavier, who, as a large man, probably would need more toxin to succumb to it in general, anyway. So do they? They don't explain either why she and. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg's son doesn't get... Well, you can imagine that... They had to have been given the antidote. Amanda had to at least been given the antidote. That's all I can think of. They don't say that, but that's what I think. I don't really believe that, um, you know, Daniel was given the antidote, though, because he does look pretty sick throughout the whole thing. I think that maybe... But if out of all the people, like... because he's still a child. He's like 16. Yeah, you would think that... So, like, he'd be... Like, he'd be one of the first ones rather than, like, the... Um, Laura, who succumbs to it like really, yeah. really, really quickly for whatever reason. That he would, that... yeah, that he would react negatively to. Yeah. It. So, uh, so that's like you know another like unexplained thing. But yeah. That's all I can come to the con- like that they were like I said like, maybe he's like, giving a partial antidote. Like all you're I still can... gonna get sick, but not yeah. as bad. But like all I can think of is again like Jigsaw's whole plan is relying on the fact that everyone else has to fail, mm-hmm. and. To be honest with you, his whole plan's stupid to begin with, too. So he puts all these people in a room, and then they have... He gives them their clue, says they're getting pumped full of gas, and, like, the the door to this house unlocks in three hours. They've got two hours to live, though. And there's antidotes throughout the entire house for them to find. And there's two of them in this one safe, but and they have, you know, the numbers are on, you know, in the back of their minds, meaning on their necks. So... But, like, not a lot of time spent on them trying to even find the antidote. Not, well, it is, I mean, not the locked one, but the ones that like, they come to be, across. To begin with, they don't run into any. They run into, like, like two other ones. They run into the one in the, the crematory, and then yeah. the one in the, like, Chinese finger trap, except for wrist. And the, and the one in the pit. But there's no antidote in the pit. That's true. There is. No, no well, it's just the key. It's, it's just, just the key, key that get, would to, open to the outside. To get out of the room that they yeah. get, because it's a lock. Yeah. So, like, the whole thing about, like, trying to find the antidote in the neck doesn't really mean shit until the end because everyone's basically dead. So it's like, okay, well, there's only, like, three of us left. There's two antidotes in that safe. So let's, you know, Xavier's like, I'm going to fucking find, you know, the... So so it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The, the, the whole, like, to me, 
And again, if you're a fan of this series, please come and correct me in my views. But like, none of it make like the whole plan doesn't make sense at all to me. Well, the plan is in it's really to get them to work together to figure out how to work together to excel at all of the rest of the like to get what they need. So for Abby, well, I I understand that because again, like I said in the last episode, I know the whole point of these saw traps is the answer is always right in front of you. It's more obvious than it always looks, but people because of their hysteria and their fear and their paranoia or impossible prejudice against others is always going to blind them to that answer. They're mm-hmm. going to fuck themselves in the end. Same thing happens here. But the problem is, there's like the fil- like they when they're all in the room together and they you know Amanda is the one again she's working for Jigsaw and she's the one that finds the tape recorder to like she's like oh here's you know this is everything you need to know is on this tape Jigsaw tells them all that like you need to all work together but you're going to learn things about each other that's going to make you know yeah question but at the same time it's like none of that's ever really brought up cuz it's just like all they really bring up is they all have like past criminal reputations, and that's it. They don't. There's no real backstory into any of the, those characters to make you either give a fuck about them as characters, or that would make if you were placed in that situation give a fuck yeah. about like their background. Like, oh, you deal drugs. I don't care. We need to work together to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know that doesn't. You know, or like, oh, you like, again. Oh, your dad's the cop that arrested me. Your dad's an asshole, but, you know, we I need your help to fucking do what needs to be done. So do you find that the games are more unfair in this this uh, movie? Like, are they more unfair than what was given to the two in the first movie? It's more unfair, but I think it's, it's just more stupidity and, like, plot contrivance to make things work the way they need to work for Jigsaw's plan to work. True. Yeah. Definitely a definitely some plot contrivance there, and it, it does hinge on people making really really bad decisions, and the two surviving throughout the entire game till the end. Yeah, like I said, like you're you're, you're relying like you're relying like because Xavier kills um the black guy, which I can't remember his fucking name. Um, Jonas. Jonas. Um, he kills him. Like, yeah, he's a criminal, but he, like I said, he's pretty, like, the normal stand-up likable guy out of the entire group. You're, like, if you're Jigsaw, you're relying on somebody, like, Xavier, not to kill Amanda and the kid during the whole process. But at the same time, I guess for Jigsaw, he probably doesn't care that much. He probably doesn't, you know, in the scheme of things, yeah, he hopes that... Daniel lives so that he can play this game with Eric, but it doesn't really matter too much. It doesn't matter because if they don't survive, then they didn't overcome their their inner demons. Like Amanda still has some inner demons to work out. Well, at the same time, so like she just like, lost. Well, at the same time, why would Jigsaw want to kill the kid? Yeah, he's like a wannabe thug and all that. Like you, like you know, apparently has. A, you know, leading towards criminal background, which you don't even fucking know because the film doesn't really explain it. you just like, oh, because dad and mom don't get along and they got a divorce and the dad, you know, is kind of an asshole, like his life spiraling out. But you don't really know that because you don't really see that. So at the same time, why would Jigsaw want to kill a kid? Because kids make mistakes. 
Of course a kid's... A, what fucking teenager appreciates life to the fullest? Mm-hmm. You're a teenager. You're built... Your hormones are built to be pissed off and angry and everything and anyone for no reason because that you're a fucking teenager. You're going to make stupid decisions because you're a fucking... I, I can't stress that enough. You're a fucking teenager. So for a jigsaw who's trying to moralize and say to appreciate life, to try to do that to a child... You, I can see him trying to scare the shit out of him, but, like, to want to put him in a situation where he could be killed? Yeah. Not so much, because, again, he's a fucking teenager. Well, that's where the unfairness comes in within Saw 2, is that it's, it is, you know, it's moving more towards, like, those traps may not have been survivable. For one of, I mean, one of them, with the, um, you know, like, with the, where she puts it, her hands into the, to the box, yeah, she really probably should not have. But at the same time, like, how do you really survive then afterwards grabbing that that antidote? antidote? I mean, you don't, really, because you're going to chop your wrist all up. You're basically cutting yourself up to the point where even if you got the antidote, but you can't get out of the door, you're going to bleed to death. So it's not really, it's, it you know, it is survivable, but at the same time, like, Probably there's not. No, there's, you know, no, there's no real... You know, like, there's alternative no, option. Yeah, no. It's like, you could, but you probably won't. Well, as uh, Sarah brought up with, like, the first trap, the Venus fly trap, the key to get out of the trap is right behind his eye that got cut, you know, cut and sewn. And she said, like, wouldn't you pass out from the pain? Y- you would. You wouldn't be able to cut into your eye with a scalpel. Probably not. Without, you know, passing out from shock. And that's the same thing like the first film when you have, uh, you know, cutting off his ankle to try to get through. You, yeah, he's sitting there biting into that, you know, towel or I mean his shirt as best as he can, like grunt and groan in pain and agony. But you would pass out from the just trauma of it. You would be in shock. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, okay, now I'm gonna crawl over looking like a zombie, <laughs> you know, to say I'm gonna go get help. Yeah, you, know, you would. Yeah, you know. I don't think the there's a lot of you know realistic stuff in horror. Well, no, I understand that, <laughs> but at the same time, it's you gotta yeah suspension of disbelief. You gotta have, but at the same well, time, it's pretty. It's pretty actually important to uh, you know it's important to the film that they do survive because otherwise they definitely wouldn't have a chance of, at their trap. So. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you would have to try to question, like, well, what can they actually, like, not pass out from before they just totally gonna, cannot finish Well, this. as I said, it's going to be such an adrenaline rush. Yeah. But, no, I agree. Like, the same, like so, like, going even going off that principle, so the whole first trap, really, he's, the guy's fucked. The whole idea, if you think about it, like, trying to cut, in, like, your eye out to get to the key, you only have a minute to do it. Yeah, really, really quick. To like unlock a minute to stab your eye out and do it. Like if you think about that for a minute to get your, to get the key out of your eye, you literally from the time that that trap goes off, you literally just have to plunge that scalpel scalpel into your eye. Without even thinking about it. Just cut and scoop it out. Scoop key out. And then find the lock because it's on a Venus flytrap that's surrounding his head. So you don't even really know where the lock is. You just kind of have to guess at where it is. You really, I mean, that's going to be cutting it close anyway. So you really have to react, like, immediately. Like, 
I guess you would. And be so like, that yeah, sure, I'll cut my eye out. Yeah, no. So I, I'm saying like that's like that would fall under like what I you said like an unfair, unfair trap. Yeah, they're only going to get more unfair from here. I know that. Yeah, or from what I've seen, like how it just die, you know. But I mean, like I said, like that's like. So I'm curious. What do you think about? Because um, we get a little bit more um, on Jigsaw's philosophy in this film. Uh, in in the backstory for why he's doing it, what what do you think about that? I mean, how what like what's whatever he, is leading him to to do these traps? It's got to be something big, right? And Stupid. It's cancer. Well, I mean, you knew you knew he was sick in the first film, but you did, you do. But uh, but I mean, uh, I- do most people with cancer like say put up their hands and be like, well, I'm just gonna murder some people. Or you're Walter White and you start cooking meth. I mean, and then you lead yourself to the greatest TV show ever made. But and the know. idea, <laughs> the idea is is intriguing. Because no, I I do like the idea, and again, I think in this film because we do get more Tobin Bell. He's the only good actor in this film, and I think for the even the small part in this film, he's given, you know, he does well. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, I think part of the problem in this film is. Again, it's like the first film. The acting is atrocious across the board, except for Tobin Bell. This time he's given a little bit more. But not, not, I mean, not just, okay, fine, not just Tobin Bell, because I think um, Glenn Plummer as Jonas, I think he was good, too, as like a low-rent Orlando Jones, but yeah, I, I did like him. I thought he was, you know, he was likable and believable, but everyone else, you know, like Don, Donnie Wahlberg's fucking ridiculous in this. He get, he does get a lot of uh, up chances to slam his hands down, chew gum violently. Just just you know have like a oh fuck you know, and I I'm not blaming Donnie because I well I think the direction in this film from just like every actor in this was like can you can you make this more ridiculous? Can can you make this look a little bit more cringeworthy? Can you like throw your hands up a lot because we're gonna have to edit this? Because look, I joke, but Donnie Wahlberg's not that terrible of an actor. No. He's and the same thing with like the first film. Danny Clover is not a bad actor, but it's like they, you know, they going into that film, they told him like, okay, we need you to be like stereotypical Danny Glover. We need you to be like what people like think of you, even though you're not really like that as an actor. But you, that's what we need from you. It's the same thing in this with Donnie, which isn't even helped at all because the editing in this film is even worse than the fucking first film. Well, I think that's what it is. Is like we need you to be really like violently physical. So that we can edit it and make it look like with fast cuts, make it look really choppy. Because that's what—that's really what they're going for. Is like, how can we make these scenes as choppy as possible to like throw the viewer off? Yeah, the quick cuts and the, the sped up. I mean, the, the, it, it, it is worse though. I will give you that because Bousman here is like relying on like just cutting r- regular footage into like twenty different cuts of like. A zoom or something like that. You know, it's like cut twenty times. Or like, oh, get... like oh, the traps on this guy's head. We gotta speed it up, and I can't like. So it yeah. looks like you know, like like I said, like a nine inch nails video. Like you're watching, yeah. like oh, I want to fuck you like an animal, like like with the you know frantic, just like one of the worst. And it's just like that's that's awful. This this that's yeah. this, this is a film. This, this, <laughs> you're the... One of the worst edits though is the one where she gets her hands caught in the trap. And yeah, it's it like 
cuts so many times to the point where like the contrast of the whole shot like goes way high with like her face turning like red with contrast and that and it like almost does sort of like one of those bad paint edits where you're like you like accidentally hit like the invert contrast and it like (laughs) it inverts everything to be Mm. like an infrared yeah that's what that does and it's like wow that was that was not a good you know yeah, it might be really intense if they just did not edit it at all. Like, no cuts and just, like, saw her, like, trying to shift her hands. And, and like, slowly how do I get my it, hand out slowly, of here? Yeah, slowly like, cutting I'm into fucked. It, yeah. Like, if I, you know, it's cutting in there. That would be, like, cringing. Like, you'd be like, ooh. But it's, ugh. yeah, but it's all, it's all mitigated by the fa- the way they, like, yeah. it, that's all, it's every trap. Like, the whole, um, when, like, the beginning was, they say, like, don't open the door with this key, and the guy's like, fuck it, and he goes to open it, and then he gets shot in the head, the way it's, like, ended, and it's like, oh, that's not scary. Yeah. That's just... And then when they throw, like, the guy, Xavier throws Amanda in the fucking syringe pit, they like, gotta slow it down, and, like, have, like, the... As she's digging through, like, all those, like, you know, um, MTV, the, uh, what was it, Fear... Where yeah. you go to the random, like, you know, supposedly haunted locations, and he had, like, the Godsmack Voodoo theme song. They had, like, you know, every time, like, like, like she, like, she's in the syringe pit, and they got, like, the, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, like, they're just, like, like, demonic, like, camera, like, you know, just, like, slow, and then fast, and then how it's just quickly flashing all about her. She's getting stabbed in the, in the syringe pit, like, ah, it's garbage. Yeah. It's fucking garbage. It is. It, I mean, yeah. It's. It was not the best editing styles of the two thousands. I will say that. Well, if it continues on, it's just gonna get worse and worse. Because what you do with that is you just keep getting worse and worse with it. You just amplify it. Like, yeah, hey, that's the ticket. Well, you and noted that the uh, the ending of the film actually has like a very like a probably like a two minute recap of everything. You know, scenes that we've seen throughout the. They're supposed like yeah like. As I said, like, um, again, quote, like, The Usual Suspects. At the end of The Usual Suspects, you, like, the film kind of lays out, like, every little hint that was there and how the entire time Kevin Spacey's story that he was telling was taken from things, just from within the office, like, the article about, like, bowling and that was on the detective's wall and then looking at, like, something else that he was used, that was, like, used for, who made the cooler, but he used that as, like, a means to tell, like, a different story. And that's kind of what they do in the from these first two Saw films is they take, you know, they just, like, flash back to everything. Like, so it's like, this is how it's all pieced together. And I told you, I go, I'm like, if that's how it is for every film, then, like, it's the films are kind of saying, as you keep going on, okay, there's always going to be a twist. And not only that, we're kind of treating you as an idiot for each film, because we got, we're going to always piece together everything. For, yeah. You know. And, and it's also got to probably give royalties to the actors who were in the previous films, because they're going to get a quick edit Shot into, the, yeah, yeah. into the new film, because it's always going to go back in time to include them. So it's like, and then you got to do an IMDB cast member, you know, addition. <laughs> it's like... Yep, yep. Carrie Elwes is in this one too, just for a little bit. His voice is featured. We uh, use his dead body. We put a sign up that says his his character <laughs> name from the last film. So Carrie Elwes gets a royalty check and a little <laughs> and a little uh, you know cast listing on the on the IMDb page. But uh, yeah. So um, 
I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that you really didn't enjoy Saw Two. I thought it was boring. You were you were bored with it. You didn't really think that, even though they amped up like how many games there were, because there were actually but, like but, six games. Yeah, I know, but but at the same time, like it's not gory. They, and it they, isn't. They, it's more gory than the first one. It is. No, you're right, but it's not like at what I'd say like what torture porn is known for. Yeah. Um, from what I know, it's still like me, like medium. It's very. It's like there's a lot of like cutaways from like the. The actual... The intense. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, with the first trap, like, the, with the Venus fly trap, the, the gory part would be seeing the actual, like, spikes go into the guy's head. You don't see that. You see it close on him, and he falls over, then you see, like, you know, some blood trickling. Yeah. Well, uh, and it, because that's... The films right now are still trying to rely at least a little bit on, you know, audience participation, like, or imagination. Like, wow, yeah, that would be kind of shitty if that happened. Yeah, no, no. And and I, think, then, I think that works. Yeah. But um, I like I just don't think... I don't, like... I, I, like To me, like I don't care if a film has more gore or not. I think, like as I've said before on this podcast, I think the more that's left up to the viewer's imagination, the better, because you can think of more terrifying things than what the, a film's going to show you. Um, but I don't think that happens in this film, even with like the less gore, because they just... The way they edit things together makes it very, just, just like I said, like cringeworthy. Just so, and, and I, like I said, I think the acting in this film is just for the most part god awful. I don't think anyone's given any good direction in this film. I think the whole plot idea could be interesting if the fact that Jigsaw's whole game plan in the house wasn't hinged on the fact that it relies too much on convenience for it to work. Um, and I think if they dedicate a little bit more time on actually the characters' backgrounds, you'd get more invested in like the characters playing the game. And even a little bit more even on Donnie Wahlberg's character, so you actually know about his backstory instead of just hearsay and... Yeah, him acting, him acting like a hot-headed asshole. There's a little bit different here than in the first film because at least in the first film we do get a little bit of those flashbacks of like the characters and they they, they do it, and it does focus more on a lot more on there because yeah. I mean again if you're gonna take a film that basically takes place in one room, you uh, gotta like take it to out extend of there to extend it to like an hour and you know forty minutes you're gonna have to. Expand on the background character on the characters, and that's what they do. And this one, they don't. They they're just there. It's because there's so um, many. I mean, they've got so many people that it's like, now how do we tell the audience about all of them? So they kind of go the generic route and just. But at the same time, if that's the case, then the game that they're playing in is supposed to be interesting enough to where that keeps your interest. But the game that they're playing doesn't even make any sense because they're getting pumped full of gas, and then throughout the mansion, there's antidotes for them to be, you know cure themselves of the gas and so they can survive but they don't they only like i said they only stumble across like a couple of the antidotes they don't stumble across them all like which would be like the great irony of the film is like they stumble across each and every single one of them yet at the end only you know, like one or two survives because you know they they also come to their selfishness and you know their like pridefulness or whatever but they don't like you only see a couple of them so it's not like that it's not really a central part, and then the, that whole part takes like kind of a backseat, even though it's like the focus 
it's still taking a back seat because there's not really enough going on there that's really interesting. Yeah. The ga- this uh, film really needs to focus on, like, the game itself and be able to, like, study the characters rather than have two games going on because it really is two games going on. There's really the game that's set in the the building where and then, the people are trying to get out. And then you've got Eric's game, Donnie Wahlberg's game, which is a separate piece that really has... For throughout most of the film, very little going on within it. But I will say, I will say, I do like that kind of twist. Like the whole the, the, I do like the twist of you know Jigsaw telling him like the way for you to win is just to sit here and listen to me talk for until that timer runs out. Yeah, I do like that. That is good. Yeah, because again, like if like if you think about it, if logically the way they structure his character that he's fraying people, that he's kind of wrathful. And, you know, takes vengeance. If he just sat there and was patient for once, he would have won. Yeah. But he couldn't even, you know, he couldn't do that. And I, so I do like that, but I think how they do it and get to that point, it just doesn't work in, at all. Yeah. And I think it's too, there's just too much. There's too much in this film. Too many different avenues that they try mm-hmm. to explore at the same time where you're getting that problem where you don't know about the characters. Uh, you don't really know about Donnie Wahlberg's character or what he's done besides what they tell you. And so, yeah, you're getting that sort of two scenarios where neither of them are wor- really working out very well. See, what I would have done is um, you can have those two games going on. But instead, have you have the game between Jigsaw and Donnie Wahlberg. And, but the second one, don't have all those other people in there. Just have it be Amanda and his kid. Yeah. And then when you do the whole tape delay thing... Of it actually being pre-recorded, then it to- that would totally make sense because then you put what he thinks his son's in danger with a stranger in this like jigsaw game, and Jigsaw's basically telling him like your son's gonna you know, and then when you reveal at the end that his son's still alive and he's been in the safe the entire time that that was from you know the past, that would be much more like a better twist because then you have like that whole game just focusing on his son and yeah. Amanda. And then, like, because his son's trying to figure out what's going on, but, you know, Amanda's part of the game, you know, part of Jigs- you know, Jigsaw's plan, so she could, you know, be basically protecting him, making sure things, you know, go the way they're supposed to go, so it tricks Donnie Wahlberg's character into overreacting and then getting himself caught and losing. Yeah. But the film's got to up the stakes with more people, and that's what becomes the downfall of Saw, is that we've got to do more traps, more intricate traps, more twists, more turns. And eventually you get to the point where it's like, what do we do now? I mean, really, what what else can we do? And I think we'll see that as we move through our Halloween series for Saw. So. But yeah, if, if I was writing Saw 2, that's what I would do. That's what you would do? I, I think that would be a much just like better approach. Because then... That it, more, it, um, if, if it, would, it would focus, you know, it would keep yeah, it more focused. More focused and... Uh, It'd probably be more minimal than what we actually get. And that's what's great about the first... I mean, I, I gave the first saw 6 out of 10. I think it's good because I think it has flaws. But that's... I can see why people would like it because yeah. I like the premise. That's a great premise. That's a very... You know, very basic, simple, but it it totally works premise. I think yeah. that if you took that same avenue, except it took it a step up a little bit further from the first film, but not that great... Do I suggest? I think then, yeah, you have a really good sequel that would, you know, could build off of it. And then 
you could slowly keep building as the films go on with how Jigsaw is and his traps and that, you know. So you, uh, what would you give uh, Saw 2 then? <sighs> probably a 5. 5 Saws out of uh, 10? Yeah, probably a 5. I mean, I don't think it's... I don't think it's bad enough to give a four. I I I mean it's. I uh, for, I mean for me a six is an average. Five is below average. Yeah. Um. And a four would be bad. Three like very bad. Two god awful, and one like a total abomination to god. <laughs> I so I would give the, I would give this like a five. It's below average. It's it's I can see where. It could succeed, but I think the editing is just terrible. It's like one of the most glaring things about this film is how just god-awful that editing and lighting is. Continuing that whole fucking green and music video bullshit. Um, And I think it's got an interesting idea, but they don't... It's just not executed properly. I think if they simplified it more and gave you more backstory, which is kind of a shame, too, because this is an hour and 30 film, and it felt like, a, for me, like a fucking eternity. Mm. To say that, like, hey, yeah, not 20 more minutes of backstory or 15 more minutes would be, you know, be better, but I th- I just... And, that, and again, I think the direction, too, isn't any good. I don't think the actors in this film are given any direction except to be just generic stereotypes, just to be... Just to be, you know, placeholders. Yeah. I I don't know. This may be even nostalgia talking, but I would. I think I guess I would give it a seven. Probably because I saw it in theaters. I still have sort of a love for this this series, and I'd I'd give it a seven. We kind of disagree there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, just, I mean, I do have fond memories of Saw, and I remember seeing Saw two in theaters. Now that I watched it again, but like I said, I like for me, like the editing, like just takes me out of the film. Like the just yeah. the whole. Maybe I'm just used to it. Maybe I'm just used to being in that time period and seeing all well, the I was saying, I, Like the only horror film I remember seeing during that time period is like Hannibal Rising. Yeah, you know the young about young Hannibal. Yeah, and that's like the old, and that was like in two thousand seven. That's the only one I remember, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of the thing, the green lighting. The I know it was, but like I said, like, I never saw like, ho- like Hostel. Never bothered to see. Um, I did see a th- uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, but I don't remember it for shit. Yeah, never bothered watching like, the Devil's Rejects. Never bo- bothered watching like the remake of The Hills Have Eyes and. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the I mean, thing. It's kind of jumpy. Which I know, I, which I can, like, see, like, from, like, some of those films that I mentioned, like, if I watch them, yeah, they would, de- I can tell they would totally have that crap, and I'd be just as appalled, but, like, yeah, like, no, like, that whole, that whole, like, period from, like, after I know what you did last summer to, like, 2008, I just checked out, didn't yeah. have a fucking care in the they'd, world. They'd have Mudvayne soundtracks. It's like, tell me when Scream 4 is here. <laughs> That's when things will get good again. That's right. All right, anything else you got on Saw 2 before we head out and continue got, on our journey? I got no reason to ever watch this film again. You probably won't. <laughs> you probably won't. But we're going to be watching the rest of the series. We got Saw 3 coming up next week. It's only going to get worse. You think so? 
Is Tom Atkins in the next one? No. Then it's going to get worse. I <laughs> think that... I, I, I would really be interested in your opinion next week on Saw 3 because I know that some people really did not like Saw 2, especially when it came out, and then Saw 3, I think people liked a little bit more, so be interested to see what you think. Because I don't know if that's particularly true that the films get worse. I think they try to do more things, and it really depends on your appreciation for it. I don't know if they always get worse. Well, like I told, like I told you, I'm like, what f- horror franchise can you think of where films, like after the first one, for the most part, they just don't fall. Off that the that may be true, but they're not always like, uh... like the only one, like the only, like there's only a few. The only ones I can think of is like Halloween, because Halloween one two, I'd say like a great, and then really good, and then just. And then Romero's like dead series. Night's great, dawn's great, day's great, and shit from <laughs> Well, you yeah. may be right that like they never reached the uh plateau of the first film. I think that sequels though can be, you know, like comparatively, there can be later sequels that are better than previous sequels. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like but I mean at the same time that Next, like the next good one, the chronology is never as for the mo- uh, at least for me, like it, they never really come across as good. But I mean, granted, like a se- being a sequel is a hard thing to do. There are rarely sequels that match up to you know the first film. Yeah, very rare. It's like Empire Strikes Back is like better than A New Hope. Godfather Part Two, you might argue, is better than the first one, but I mean, it's for the most part, it's, it's I I I I know it's a damn tough you know thing to do. I wouldn't want to be a director of a successful film and have to go into a sequel because it's like wow. Even if it's like you know the fifth film down the line, it's like oh, it's still like oof. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like I said though, I think I would. I'm gonna be interested to see what you think in the next films because. I don't necessarily think that some of them are worse than Saw 2, so we'll see how you react. Be interesting. I'm interested in finding out. I hope, like I said, I hope, like, I hope it gets better. Trust me, I don't want to, like, go in there with my thoughts of it just being bad throughout. Yeah. Because then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, like, I knew this is all going to be shit. Yeah. <laughs> um... No, I'd I'd hope it to you know get better. I mean, I don't imagine them all to be as good as the first film, but I hope that you know they at least have points where it's like, oh yeah, that wasn't too bad. Like they got things right on that. Yeah, and especially since we have five more to go, so you got five weeks. Well, if you actually do the math, we only have four weeks until Halloween, so we gotta somehow squeeze one of those movies in there. Well, we will. We will. We'll get it in there. You got your birthday week. Yeah. I'm actually going to be... Ah, I'm going to be away for a week. Three episodes in a week? Yeah. Because oh, wow. I'm going to be away the week of October 10th through the 15th. So somehow we're going to have to get that in there. Either record it early and I'll post it or something, you know, on on the on that Tuesday. Or we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. But 
we, uh, you know, we got five to go and we've got a short amount of time to do it in. So, but we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Halloween is a big month for horror, you know, horror blogs and we'll get it done somehow. Uh, all right. So thank you for listening to our Saw 2 podcast. Um, we hope you will stick around for the rest of our Halloween series, wherein we cover the rest of the Saw franchise. Uh, next week, we'll be doing Saw 3. And, uh, you know, you can expect all of the rest of the films every week after that. Uh, so stick around throughout the month of October as we work further into the Halloween season. I know my house is already Halloweeny. We watched Saw 2 in the comfort of an orange blaze. Uh, with all of my Halloween lights. And if you check out our Facebook page, we did go live for a little while to just document where we were when we were watching Saw 2. So check it out. Um, we will try to do like a little live blurb before we start each of our podcasts just because it gets the word out there. And uh, definitely uh, administrative features of, of our podcast, definitely check out our, our website, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. WordPress.com. Uh, we post all of our episodes up there. You can comment on it. You can let us know what you think of the the uh, podcast, and that's where all of our updates will be. Uh, we're also on iTunes, so please subscribe to us and leave us a nice five-star review. We really appreciate that. If you have any issues with our podcast, we appreciate if you would email us first before you post a terrible review so we can talk about it. Our email is bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can, you can email us about what you have any issues with for the podcast, or you can say what you love about it. We really appreciate that. Uh, let us know if you want to see any specific movies reviewed on here, and we will do our best to include them. Uh, also, we are on uh, SoundCloud. That's where our episodes go up first, so you should uh, follow us on there. We're Blood and Black Rum Podcast on there as well. Uh Lastly, we're on pretty much every other podcast uh, site that you can think of. Stitcher, Blueberry, Podbean, everything that you can think of that you would listen to podcasts on, we are on. So That's a website? What? Blueberry? Yeah, it's Blueberry. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y or something like that. Blueberry. Uh, we're on that as well. So you can check us out on there anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. And uh, please leave us a nice review. Um, you know, anything helps us to get the word out. So thanks for that. And tell us what you think of the Saw films. Yeah. Tell us what you think of the Saw films. Let us know. Do you like them? Did you hate them? Did you see them all in theaters? We'd really like to know. Uh, you can also tweet us now. We have a Twitter. I just recently created one. Martin is supposed to be the site operator. Um, he doesn't have a Twitter and I have one that I use for both myself and my other website. So I don't really have a lot of time to update the Blood and Black Rum podcast Twitter. So hopefully he'll be doing that in the future. Um, it is at Blood N Black Rum. Um, N Twi or N? N, like N as in Nancy. Because <laughs> we they don't... Because Twitter has a annoying character limit for their usernames as well. Oh my so God. they wouldn't allot me... Two more letters for blood and black rum. So we're blood and black rum. Uh, so it makes it a little bit easier on our users to tweet us what? if they want to. 
So, so hit us up on there. Follow us. Um, you know, send us any tweets. We'll certainly reply to you. It'll either be me or Martin, depending on who checks it first. And it's probably going to be me, I'm <laughs> assuming, because Martin is hesitant to use Twitter at all. But anyway, thank Still you. Don't get the appeal. <laughs> you will. You will. We're already running out of patience with Facebook. No, nah, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll enjoy while, Twitter more. Th- I'm thinking about going off the grid. Just <laughs> yeah. Moving You'll up enjoy the, Twitter more. Moving up to the mountains, and when I go to like the grocery store, people are like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> I'll be like, I'm fighting demons up there. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We hope to see you next episode for the recurring coverage of the Saw franchise for our Halloween series. We'll be covering Saw 3. Thanks a lot. Have hey. a good one. Take care.